I'm Michael Sean Harris, and you're listening to Mike's Moment Of, a weekly podcast in which I, along with my guests, share our various interests in moments of inspiration, truth, life, technology, culture, and more. I hope you're entertained and informed, and that you feel inspired to join me again and again in my Moments Of. Thanks for joining me. And before we get into this week's episode, I really just want to thank everybody who's been listening. And I want to call out some countries because, you know, I have listeners in Japan, in Australia, in New Zealand, in Kenya, in Nigeria, in France and Germany and Denmark, Sweden, uh, the UK, also Ireland, Brazil, Honduras, Haiti, Trinidad and Tobago. I mean, the biggest audience is in Jamaica and then the second largest audience is in the United States and then we also have listeners in Canada uh, and if I miss out anybody and you know you're listening and I never call your country let me know <laughs> send me a message or a comment or whatever um, but I really want to thank you all for listening I know that there's a couple episodes recently that we just had that have been really popular like the, um, the episode with Faye Ellington uh, talking about Jamaican myths and superstitions as well as the episode with um, myself and Tammy and Michael talking about Mirren and also that Mirren episode. So, I mean, thank you. Thank you for, for sharing and downloading and and please continue to do so and, you know, just take it as far as you can. All right, all right, here we go. In, into the episode. Welcome to our, another episode of Mike's Moment Of. And today we are speaking with Sir Willard White, um, actually, it's the Honorable Sir Sir Willard White. Oh my! Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> but his yeah. friends, I'm told, his friends call him bigger. So um, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Let's start at the beginning. Well, that's going to take more than forty minutes. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. Uh, but we're trying to encapsulate as much as possible. Salient points. All right. So your your, your start with music. What was that? What, what who? Were you studying with people or were you just singing for fun or what were you doing in in Jamaica at the time? Well, uh, uh, up to now, I choose and I, I, I sing only for fun. Uh, that's, a, that's a good philosophy. And, uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's it's my saving um, device. But uh, i talking about the, the moment of so-called discovery. I don't think there are discoveries um, as such, but revelation in the mirror of the life. Um, the particular day I was, uh, I always sang for for myself, um, somewhat of a performer. I used to jump up at school desks at Excelsior and do a performance of various um, current pop singers, um, unwittingly training my ear and my, my voice. And, you know, we do things in, in childhood and then we discover when we become adult that they're either complementary or sometimes we think they're negative, but even the negative is an inspiration to the wonderful positive. Ah, okay. Anyway, so I, I used to sing a lot. 
And um, one day um, in Mrs. Fitchett's music class at Excelsior, we had been practicing a particular anthem. And um, I decided I was going to hide between two of my mates and let bet, you know, just really <laughs> have fun. Um, and I didn't realize the distinctive quality of my voice. Okay. And so at the end of the class, when we, it was one of these classes that you, you, you'd go to the class and have the, the music and then you go over to your next class, biology or science or English or whatever. And so I was leaving the room and she says, Willard White, come here. Now, when a teacher says Willard White like that, I figure that I'm in trouble. And I used to be try I used to try to make myself as invisible as possible. <laughs> but it worked. Um, teacher said about me, Willard, you have to realize you are a most indelible character. And I thought at the time she'd paid me the greatest insult <laughs> because <laughs> indelible indelible that I know leaves a stain, you know. <laughs> well, the, um, the music teacher um, called me and said, uh, I heard you and I want you to learn this song. You come back and see me after school. So I thought I was chuffed, but at the same time, um, you know, I used to think singing is, is only for the girls. You know, it's just sissy stuff. Um, <laughs> we boys have better, better things to do. Yeah. Anyway, I love singing. So uh, I went back and she um, started teaching me this aria from Guno's Faust um, and in English. Mm. And I, I learned it and eventually won the competition. And I eventually was offered a scholarship to the Jamaica School of Music, which I thought, uh, well, you know, it's nice. I mean, it's not the sort of thing I want to do, but it's a nice accolade. Um, it's a scholarship, so I'll follow through and, um, you know, just enjoy, see what happens. I love singing, so it's okay. 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 So when you got to the school... And so I did, and... and it, it froze again, so yes, go ahead. Yeah, so you, so you, you went, you uh, went to the School of Music. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I met my assigned teacher, Marian Nowakowski, and he uh, said, okay, he was Polish, and he, he started teaching me certain things. And, and I began winning other competitions and okay. winning cups in the, um, in the, the festival, uh, Jamaica Festival um, of Music, uh, so on. And I thought it was nice. And, uh, and in the meantime, I wanted to be an economist because that would be a real man's job. <laughs> and not, certainly not insecure, <laughs> insecure singing. Right. right. Um, but life is amazing. And I was, uh, I found, I was working at Grace Kennedy in the, during summertime, trying to supplement my living and, uh, and to uh, also supplement the possibility of university um, expenses to allay my father, you know, having to fork out money for work. I didn't save very much. But in the process of working in the office, I found it extremely frustrating because I actually wasn't good at it. And my heart wasn't in it. Yes, yes. And uh, so uh, 
One day I was leaving the frustration of work and looking forward to going to a rehearsal for the Jamaica Operatic Society. Oh, okay. And it suddenly hit yeah, it suddenly hit me that maybe I should um, relocate. Okay, okay. I'm gonna move to somewhere maybe this Thanks for your patience with the audio up to this point. So we had to relocate to our area in his house and had a stronger Wi-Fi signal. So here we go. Is this better? Yes, it's, it's better. It is. Since I love singing, I should uh, maybe give it a chance for a couple of years. So I thought, okay, I'll try it for two years. Okay. If, I, if it failed, then I could always go back to the dreary economic route. <laughs> and um, within, you know, and various people had been encouraging me in Jamaica um, for my singing. I remember Ross Murray was one of them. And uh, my my good friend, um, Lorna Myers, and everyone, you know, um, Jeffrey Fairweather, right. June Anderson, various people, my, my friends were saying, yeah, bigger, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was um, enjoying this exploration. And so I then wrote an application to a place called the Juilliard. Yes. That um, I had no idea what the Juilliard was. <laughs> but my father, my father, who was this, um, worked um, uh, uh, as a stevedore, uh, he was in charge of uh, the unloading of goods from ships that uh, would come from various parts. And uh, he had spoken to one of the shipmates and um, he said, my son wants to study music, you know, of any place. And the guy told him, the guy was from New York, he lived in Queens. Okay. And he said, oh yes, there's a place I hear called the Juilliard. He didn't give me a proper address, <laughs> but I wrote a letter, I wrote a letter to the Juilliard School of Music, New York City. Okay. Go me down, it got there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And so uh, I was eventually um, invited okay. to audition with a prepared program of um, five varying um, com um, styles of music. And uh, went to New York expecting, I don't know what, because it was a time of the civil rights and all that. I'm a black man entering this rarefied area of yes. classical music. Yes. And uh, I didn't know what to expect. So I went there. I, I was prepared to, to die because I, wouldn't, I wasn't prepared to bow to anyone because of color. Right. Exactly. Um, yes. Especially, yeah, so, especially coming uh, from coming from where you're coming from, you know that is not the Jamaican way. <laughs> it's not the Jamaican way, but you know the Jamaican way is is very interesting. There was a subtle um, undermining or indoctrination or brainwashing that went on in Jamaica that we actually took for the way it is. Explain what do you I mean, mean. I remember, for example, I used to some days have. Um, to take my father his dinner um, to the to the ports, and I, there was a hotel which no longer stands. 
beautiful um, hotel called the Myrtle Bank. I've hotel. heard of it, yes. And I would have to walk by the portals of this wonderful place. And as I would walk by, I knew in my heart of hearts that I could not enter. Really? Yeah, I mean, oh, that, that was because I, I didn't have the, the sort of money okay. that would um, give me um, the leverage to go in. And if I stepped on the driveway or the, the entranceway, the guy who was standing there, who would have been my color, would say, mm -hmm. where are you going? Okay, okay. So it was a financial constraint in one way, but also, I mean, you know, what am I doing in there? Right. So there, there it, it's, um, and I know that t today some, some guys in Jamaica would never dream of entering the Pegasus, maybe. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But there's a, a sort of social structuring right. which, um, you know, you, you feel you don't belong. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. you're excluded. And there are, there are many other aspects of my upbringing. And it's biology who, that actually helped me. I mean, you'd pass by um, uh, Barclays Bank, uh, the one at uh, King Street and, uh, is it Barry Street? Uh, somewhere down there, um, just down from Parade. Mm-hmm. And there's a big Barclays Bank there. I don't know what it's called now. Right. Walking by that bank and looking inside, there was not one black face. Well, about what year was and it? And you also accepted that. This is 19, I don't know, 1950s, late 50s. Okay. I left Jamaica 68. And 50s, oh. right up to 60, um, 60, 61, 62, 63, and so on. Um, I was born in 46, so my experience um, in Jamaica, I left Jamaica when I was, just before I was 21. Okay, okay. But I still had Jamaican experiences even after I left. But, right. you know, uh, right. I'm just trying to give you an idea of, of, the, of the time. Right, yeah, the context, yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and by the time I'd sort of delved into biology a little bit and realizing that the there's the epidermis and the dermis, and that underneath all of that skin business, we're pretty much the same. Exactly, yes. yes. So what is this big difference? And so I assigned myself to the, the, the valiant path of being a man with certain qualities. And I, I also have this black skin. Right, yes. But my desires were no different from... The, the Syrians or the, the Chinese or the half Chinese or the Indians right. that were in my class. Uh -huh. so, uh, so I was forging my path, not knowing, you know, declaring who I am in a, in a very um, uh, unconscious way. Yeah, yeah. So kind of taking charge of your, your, uh, your own identity. Your, your, because people like to tell you who you are and, 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 and that you're wrong. Yeah, and that they don't necessarily know who you are. You are the only one who can say who you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and because it's interesting that because of in this period of my life, um, as you're saying, people are telling you who you are and what you should be and what you can't be and you'll never be anything like this or whatever. Right. But nobody, I don't remember anyone coming to me and said, okay, bigger. Okay, Willard. What, what would you like? 
what would you what do you think you could be mm. I, I don't remember that okay I'm sure somebody must have encouraged me that way but I certainly don't remember okay okay um, and I think one of the the ones who uh, encouraged me was uh, the, the teacher who said, you're, you're a very indelible character and you need to just be aware of that. Hmm. The, the, um, the other incident or the other part of my brain, that teacher who singled me out and said, come and learn this. And also because I was a prefect in school and also I was shot foot and discussed champion, <laughs> I began to find uh, a little way as to the influence um, I could have on my life. Okay, okay. So the, the whole developmental process was going on there. And Mr. Wesley Powell ran a school that from that school excelsior, um, from my class, which was um, the overage scholarship um, class, 3F it was, lots of fantastic young people came out of that class and are in, 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 in wonderful positions of, uh, of, um, of successful endeavor, engineering, plastic surgeon, doctors, you know, um, accountants, all sorts of um, people from that class. And they were, they, we were a group that could have been marginalized. Right. And Mr. Mr. Powell opened a window and said, okay, um, here's a chance. The door is open. <clears throat> can you can you swim the path? Mm, mm -hmm. So we started moving. Wow! And so this lady um, singled me out for the singing. I was singing in school, and <coughs> you know all of that. And so there comes the Juilliard journey. Yes. So I wrote the letter. I I wrote the letter to the Juilliard, and there was a young lady was working in the registrar's office who used to be um, playing the piano for some of my music classes at the, in, in, in Jamaica. Really? Okay. She, <laughs> yeah, because my application, um, now years after this, I, 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 I reminded her of the story which she had told me, and she said, I don't remember that with it. <laughs> anyway, what, what she had told me is that, you know, I saw your application and I showed it to the registrar and I said, she didn't pull any strings. She just said, oh, I know him. And the registrar just said, okay, process it. Okay. But the, 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 the application was just a little bit late for foreign students. Hmm. Um, so it wasn't that she was pulling strings or whatever. He just said, process, process it. Yeah. And so I received the invitation um, uh, with the stipulation that if I failed my audition, I would have to go back to Jamaica. Okay. okay. No problem. No <laughs> problem. Because in my mind, I had decided that, okay, I'm going to try. I love singing. I'm this color. I hear that we're not so accepted, but I've got, I've got this voice. Um, it must be for a reason. So I'll just go and see. Yeah. And so I went and I sang. And they treated me really well. 
<laughs> with a sort of a sort of um, welcoming, um, you know, encouragement. Right. Um, when I sang the first thing, and I thought oh, this was natural. I mean, you know, what the heck? And then they they said, uh, "Oh, would you like?" Because I sang a very it was a very long dramatic um, aria from Verdi's Don Carlo. It was, I mean, like it was so crazy to try to sing that at age twenty, <laughs> um, when it it is the it is a, a the contemplation of an old king, who finds out that his wife, his younger wife, doesn't love him. Okay, I mean, what the heck do I know about that at twenty? <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of the, the the weight of that expression. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I sang it. It seems that they loved it because they said. Um, would you like to have some water um, before you sing the next week? So I said, yes. And, and I said, you can go. So I left the room and I went outside to get some water. And the, the person who was looking after the, you know, the list of people coming in, she said, are you finished already? I said, no. She said, where are you going? She said, I said, they, they allowed me to get, get some water. She said, what? <laughs> I, I've been doing this for years and this has never happened. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing what? I mean, what the, yeah. so then I still remember her name. Lori Feinstone was her name. Ah. She was a, a flute player, I think, at the Juilliard. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm there chatting with Lori Feinstone, a <laughs> uh, nice <laughs> Jewish lady, and um, chatting with her, almost forgetting about that <laughs> the rest of the audition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the door opened, and somebody said, Mr. White. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yes. So I went in and I sang about three phrases of the next song. Mind you, we were supposed to do a whole program of like five or seven pieces. Right. I sang about three phrases of the next song, and they looked at me and beamed and said, "Thank you. That that's that's fine. That's that's all. Thank you very much." So I thought, oh. Gosh, so I took my music and I left the room. And this is Laurie again said, Are you finished? <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, Yes, what's the problem? She said, But who are you? This is crazy. I've never seen it. <laughs> finished so quickly. So, anyway, um, that was it. Now, I. I had no idea what would happen. And a few days later, I, w I was called in by the registrar to enroll. Okay. Because I was accepted. Very nice, yes. In the process of um, this interview for the enrollment, they wanted money. Uh-huh. I didn't have any money. I was promised by some connection from the Minister of Finance, um, uh, liaise with some because I'd won things and, and given some indication of a possibility. I was allowed a stipend of 330 US dollars every three months. Wow, okay. The tuition for the Juilliard was something like $7,000 per term. Mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly, because I never paid it once. I can't remember exactly what the <laughs> amount was. So, <clears throat> when, the, when the registrar was looking at my report, 
and um, about to tell me how much I owed, he said, oh, congratulations. You've won the second largest scholarship this year. <laughs> I still didn't think very much. I thought, well, you know, because I, I won the scholarship to the Jamaica School of Music. Right. So, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, okay, but, yeah. Uh, but at you. what point? At what point did you realize that that the Juilliard School was the Juilliard School? <laughs> about about one week into my 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 you know the first first week of school when i was really having a tough time with air training mm -hmm. and music history and and italian and i'm thinking oh my gosh this is so this is so difficult um, an italian diction and german and I was leaving the, 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 the building one day feeling very downhearted. I think I was the only black guy in, the, in that. Oh, there was one girl also, but she was a, I think she was an instrumentalist. Okay. Um, and in this group of like 30 kids, and I was leaving feeling quite down. And I heard some instruments sound very faintly. I heard various instruments like, you know, like um, the um, faculty members are going to have a jam session or something like that. So I thought, oh, this is interesting. And I opened the, the, the door of the auditorium and it hit me. There were about 60 or more first-year students having instruments like violin and, and cellos and and flutes and warming up for an, for a, a rehearsal first year orchestra and it blew my mind okay because the way they were warming up they were they, it was such a high level um, of the use of their instruments that I felt I'm in the wrong place <laughs> it's a horrible mistake that imposter syndrome came in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, this is, I, 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 somehow or other, I've, I'm in the wrong place. And I walked out of the, the buildings thinking, I, I've got to go back home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. by the time I got to the end of the next block, I thought, so what are you going to tell them when you go back home? <laughs> What are you going to tell yourself in 10 years' time when you're looking in the mirror and you say it was too hard? Because that's the only thing I could say. Yes, yes. It was too hard, so um, I, I've got to give up. And by the time I, I got to the end of the block, I thought, I've got to find a way. I know what I will do. I will focus on the thing that got me in there. Mm -hmm. I will become more comfortable with that, develop um, a bit, and then I can take, expand my, my confidence and take in more stuff. Right. So, blimey O'Reilly, I did that. And by the time I finished the first year, I really, I really focused on the, and I was making good progress in the singing. 
because I was being invited to be in the opera department, which was something that as a first year student, you don't get that. Okay. Okay. So my confidence was being boosted in the singing department. Um, and this was just, I, I had like one year, two years of singing in Jamaica. Right. Not, not very, you know, training, that is, uh, yes. official training. Right. <clears throat> but, um, and so, uh, as my confidence grew, and then uh, my confidence grew because I, I, some of the people in the first year were having great problems because of the pressure of the Juilliard and what was expected of them. And, you know, they were having um, emotional problems. And, and some of them would turn to me and ask me, you know, um, to help. How come you're so calm? Mm -hmm. Of course, I didn't have all the, the words I told them, well, you know, I believe and I, I fuffled around. But I did, um, it turned out that I did um, a couple of daring things. For example, in the first six weeks of my um, term at the Juilliard, I didn't feel that I was comfortable with my 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 chief professor, the man who was teaching me to sing. Okay. And uh, my throat was hurting, and I asked him about it, and he was telling me stuff about that it's new muscles developing. Now I know that there ain't no more muscles gonna <laughs> grow down in there. <laughs> so I said to him, um, "Thank you." deciding in my mind that I would never open that door again. Yes. I didn't know how I could achieve that. Mm -hmm. But I immediately walked out of there and I went to the dean's office. And um, the secretary stopped me and said, have you got an appointment? I said, no. So well, you, cannot, you cannot come to and see the dean. What's your name? And I told her my name, and she was trying to look in the book to see when I could have the next appointment, like the following week. Mm. And um, in this discussion, the dean's his, his door was open, and he heard me, and he said, um, Joan, I've got a few minutes. Let, who is that? Uh, let him come in. <clears throat> I came in, uh, went in, and I said, um, Dr. Waldrop, uh, thank you. I, uh, I said, well, yes, what is, what is the problem? Willard, Willard White, Willard White, is it? Yes, yes. What's the problem? I said, I, I would like to change teachers. The man looked at me and he said, that's impossible. <laughs> it is unprecedented, unprecedented in the history of the Juilliard School that a first-year student should require, should request a change from their professor. It's unprecedented. It, 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 it cannot be. I did not know what to do, apart from that my desire was clear that I did not want to go back to that man. Yes. So I'm standing there, looking at this man, he's looking at me, and thinking that maybe you say, well, I'm, I'm finished, that's it. And he started, but he started pulling out some drawers, and he took out a report and said, let, let me see something. And he looked and he went, oh, will it what? Uh, yes. He said, oh, um, 
actually, all the teachers want you to study with them. <laughs> <laughs> this is unusual. <laughs> so he said, come back and see me. Don't, uh, don't discuss this with anyone. Come back and see me tomorrow or the day after. So I went back and I saw him and he, I was given permission to audition the teachers to see which one I would <laughs> like to have teach me. I love that. <laughs> Crazy. That's amazing. And, and so it started, it, it started from, this is unprecedented, uh, impossible. At first, never uh, in the history of the Jew, uh, you know, somebody, it, 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 impossible. And then the change. Yes. You know, so I, yeah, go ahead. I would say the, all of what you've been saying in my head, this, you know, this Jamaican saying just, is just there running in the undercurrent. What is for you can be on for you because everything just seems yeah. to be lining up in the way you need it to, to, be, to, to be going. Now, what is it that does that? Intention, is it? Um, there, there are several things. There's intention, there's belief. Hmm. Um, and accompanied by all that, you, you, you need to have the potential. Okay. You need to have the qualities, the qualities to fulfill your dream. Yes. And, and very often the dream is not inspired without um, some uh, internal sort of movement. I feel that you can actually do this. Mm -hmm. Now, I had doubts because, because of my color and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I didn't know, but I... I said there must be a reason why I have this this voice, why I have this desire, why I have whatever, right. why I'm here, why they why they offered me a blooming scholarship. Yes, you know. So I was walking the path, and um, a lot of people say, "Oh boy, you had it so easy." It wasn't easy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it wasn't easy. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I remember, um, okay, I'm settled, more settling down in this thing. And I chose my new teacher and came another big um, shock. And it was my Jamaican background, my, my, the way my family, that I grew up with my family, which I, you know, I would not um, label it as ideal. Mm-hmm. But there were instances in my life that I see now as training grounds for my the present that I was living. Okay. Because um, a couple of years after that, when I um, joined the opera group, and I was singing um, one day, and there was a famous singer in charge of the production. He, um, I, I was singing and I thought, by this time, Juilliard had moved for, um, into a new building. And um, the, the theater, big, beautiful theater, I think, called the Alice Tully Hall. Yeah. Oh, the Alice Tully Hall. And then there was the opera, uh, there were two theaters down there. I was in the, in the opera um, theater. And I was singing and I felt so good with myself that I thought that the, the walls of the Juilliard were just 
vibrating uncomfortable. It, the, <laughs> the building could actually, you know, suffer some cracks <laughs> because of the, the, the vibration of my singing. Yes. So I felt good and um, came to the end of the aria. The man who was directing jumped up on the stage. He was a little bit taller than me. He was a famous Wagnerian singer um, who had um, retired. And he hit me in the chest. And I, I, I don't, I, as a performer, I don't know what is your, what is your performing major? It's a, a me. You, oh, uh, oh, oh, I'm a, I'm yeah. a singer actually. I, I'm a singer as well. You're a singer. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yes, boy. Uh, yes. So imagine you, imagine you, you <laughs> feeling good, right? Yes. About something you sing, and you finish singing. And the, your teacher comes up to you like nose to nose and, and hits you in the chest with his knuckle and says, what are you doing? It's all locked up in there. Nothing's coming out. It's all locked up in there. What are you doing? Wow. Green out of Jamaica, not three years properly. Yes. This internationally re um, renowned singer who knows what he's talking about, said that to me. My spirit became like water draining from my body. And I was standing in this puddle <laughs> with his nose right, he had on one of these sort of uh, half glasses. Yes. And he was looking down at me. And then I felt like my spirit, I don't know how many seconds must have gone by. My spirit came back into me, right up to my head, and nose to nose, I said to him, Sir, I don't think you would speak to me like that if you couldn't help. Simple, simple sentence, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My gosh. You would think that I knifed him with a hot knife right in his solar plexus. He went, he started shaking. And his, his teeth was gritting on him and he looked at me and he said, Come to my office! <laughs> if you're summoned to somebody's office in that tone, I figured I was going to get the, the riot act read to me and I would be out. Yes. Went to his office. He was sitting in this big chair, comfortable. And then he said, um, started telling me about things about me, which I didn't know, which were actually untrue, that I didn't get along with my colleagues. I'm this and I'm that. And I'm looking at him thinking, this, this doesn't make any sense. But, you know, he's the boss. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. yes, yes. And then he said, who is your teacher? And I told him, he said, are you happy? He said, well, um, sir, you just told me this. I, 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 I don't know. Um, what do you want? I said, I, I, well, I wanted her to be happy and I wanted to, to come out. He's looking at me intently and they said, okay. Um, I, I, I know of, um, someone who would possibly help. Um, Come back and see me in a couple of days. Went back, saw him. He gave me an address of an organization that he knew of. 
Mm. And said, well, sometime you can write them and sing for them and see what happens. Blow me down. I sang for this organization and I was awarded some time later $10,000 that I was stipulated that to use it only for professional development. Okay. The interesting thing is that I learned after this experience that this man had said similar things to other people okay. who cried, who decided to give up, <clears throat> who had nervous breakdowns, who had all sorts of uh, things um, happening there. I stood there like a fool <laughs> and said, uh, if you couldn't help me, I don't think you'd talk to me like that. The reaction. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was a very important turning point for me. It was, it was powerful. Which, you know, uh, around that time also, I decided that uh, I would, oh, I had this other challenge, the, the new teacher that I chose, when I sang for her, um, she leaned over the piano and said, so then, who told you you could sing? <laughs> wow. So I leaned back, leaned back to her and I said, I'm from Jamaica. I have many friends who've encouraged me to singing. I love singing. And I'm here to learn to sing better. She was silent and then she went, Oh, okay. Let's start then. <laughs> See, I later learned also that her technique was to say things like that to undermine the singer. Uh -huh. They would cry, and then she would say, "Okay, let's build it can, back up. We will. Let's build this. Let's build it together, <laughs> yes, yes. taking credit." And I just, I, you know, nobody, nobody treats me like that. Yes, yes. And I, and 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 I don't have to fight and use any ugly words. It's 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 believing in the in the only thing we actually have. Mm -hmm. The only thing that we possess is our dreams, our, our desires, our fears. Our, you know, th those are all our, ours. Yes. How do we use it? Yeah. Why, why are we in the place that we are at any moment? What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. But repeatedly, you, you seem to have displayed this really true strength of character when, these, when, when you're faced with these different situations. Like, you know, how you met it, it's... That should be in a rule book. You know, this is this is how you this is how you meet something you know in this way uh, and overcome it and and learn from it. You know, um, in a way, yes. Um, but but I mean, like they, they, when I did my 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 first audition in um, the UK, yeah, was my my first my, was a gen, an audition for the for the couple opera companies. No, it was, it was for this specifically for Scottish opera. Yeah. Okay. And I I got there early, and there were about four other singers who got there, and the the the, the two um, judges or whatever they are came in, 
and they came a bit late. Mm. And they swanned, literally swanned past us, saying, not apologizing for being late. They said, we'll be with you in a moment. Mm. And I thought, what the hell is this? I mean, what is this? Mm -hmm. So um, somebody sang ahead of me, and then I went in to sing. Now, I would never advise anyone to do this. But I got, got up to sing, and I was singing um, uh, the, the first thing. Um, I think it was, Hot money, talk, gold, by name. Um, and I, as soon as I started singing, they knocked heads together and started talking occasionally glancing in my direction because there was noise coming from over there. So they were just looking and saying, yeah, it's still going on. Mm. And, and I thought this was rude. So then when I stopped singing, uh, they, they looked up at me and said, oh, fine. Um, have you got anything else? And I said, you know, I'm sorry. I can't sing under these conditions I, and I'm leaving. And I took my music and I walked out and they looked at me I could see them from my peripheral vision looking at me as if I was completely bonkers. <laughs> but I don't like that kind of rudeness. Yes. I'm not, I'm not going to tell them how to behave. I'm just, I, why do I have to put up with it? True. I mean, it's like crazy. I mean, what is that? Is that arrogance? I don't know. The point is that I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> I got the job and, you know... Um, also, in uh, it's crazy. There is a there is a an ingredient in us which I'm not going to tout that I I have it in abundance or whatever, um, but it's available to all of us. And some people talk about it, um, or some people live it as best. It's called integrity. Yes. Yes. And, and it's it's the courage to believe in what you believe and don't push it against anyone else. Mm -hmm. Don't use it as a weapon against anyone, but it's solely to define and to declare with the greatest amount of self-respect who you are. Right, right. And uh, as a compass kind of for your own life. E exactly. Yes, yes. What did, what did you say earlier on that uh, nobody can live your... It's only nobody you can, who can live. Oh, can your, say who you are. You in can, your life. You can define yeah. you. You can define yourself. Nobody else can. Yes. I don't even know if I can do that. You know, um, I, I, I um, people have asked me. You know, said stuff. But I said, you know, I'm going to be really honest with you. I have a good idea of who I am, but I really don't know. It keeps changing. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, like right now I'm talking to you. It's almost a different energy that comes into operation. And we, we, uh, we create a different reflection with each meet meeting. Yes. Yes. You know? So I'm, con and, and, and also I find that um, I, I sing a piece or I'm in rehearsal, and it feels one. I cannot sing the thing the same way twice. Mm. So it's never written down clear. That's who you are. That's what you... My interpretation of life is continually being refined. Ah. Mm -hmm. So if I know, I block it. 
<laughs> yes, 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 yes. In a way. And it's a sense that you, yeah. you, you, you can't you can't remain stagnant because I mean once once you're once you're not evolving and once you're not innovating and progressing you, you might as well you're stop. Dying. You're dead, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you you yeah. yeah, you really have to have to just you know keep on exploring and because there's always more to to learn and to experience yeah. and you have to be open to that. Yeah. 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 So when you talk about that um the 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 imposter syndrome when you went to 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 Juilliard I, I went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Oh. Uh, and I had that place. yeah, and I had that same imposter syndrome that first week I was there. I remember I wrote my I wrote a letter to God actually. I was like, "Why am I huh? here? What? what? <laughs> but it turned out to yeah. be the best experience, one of the best experiences of my life, uh, being there. Yeah. So, yeah, brilliant, just wonderful. Uh, so, who who would you say some of the the some of the 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 people who have who have been of greatest influence to you on your path? Um, you know, career-wise, learning, just life, generally? You know, um, I think maybe everybody. Everybody. But, but yeah, but, you know, in a really funny way, I remember when I was 13 years old, that's actually what got me on this path, really, fully. It, it, it's, it's um, I remember I was 13, Interested, becoming, beginning to feel a little interest in the in the girls on a romantic sort of dream, mm. and also feeling very inadequate. And I remember I was um, at home, and I was being I was being told off, or had been told off, for about the five hundred and sixty seventh time that week, <laughs> and I didn't feel good. And I had known this place before, this place of inner disquiet mm. that I could never open to anyone else because there was no one to open it to and they wouldn't listen because I should be behaving in another way. What's your problem? Mm. So I remember sitting under this blooming coconut tree at the end of the garden with my stomach in a knot and I looked across the, the way and there was a, a young woman over there, you know, seeming happy, carefree. And I said, you know, why, why can't I be like that? And why can't I be like, so I, I don't want to be, I, I can imagine myself at 30 with this knot in my stomach, still with this heavy cloud over my head. I don't want that. There must be another way. Mm. And in the, in the silence, after saying there must be another way, I heard a voice in my head that said, sing. And I thought, bullshit. No, I only sing when I feel good. I, I, I'm, there must be something I can do. Oh my gosh, I really feel and the voice came back again, same tone, no pressure, sing. Mm. I thought, what is that? Where did that come from? 
I started singing. Smile, though your heart is breaking. Smile, even though it's aching. Maybe you'll find life is still bloody hell. <laughs> the thing grew transforming my entire being, my and all my feet. Now I'd sung many times before. And as I said, you only sing when I feel good. Right. But but being in touch with this as a I, I wasn't even using it as a device. I was I had this instruction, so I was gonna say it became a device. Mm. And it was so it was actually through that, with the building of that song, with the, the the observing how my energy was completely transformed, how I began to inhabit a place which was indescribable by ordinary words, it was a vibration, it was a new life that I was in. Mm. And then it became like a weapon I could use, you know, without directing, without calling any names, I could smash somebody with just with my mental direction, the focus. And I thought, wait, hold on a second. It's not for that. This is the arm that I've been looking for to put around my shoulder and say, it's all right. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You know, there's a way, and you find a way. Let's work together. You, there, there, listen, there, you don't have to be like this. Yeah, so this was the, the advisory council that I was looking for, which didn't come in words. It was the utilization, the making connection with my energy. And so the negative element, in its transformation became a positive element. And so in, 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 in my life now, that's what I think the negative is for. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see it in electricity. Right. You have two wires, basic two what they call one negative mm -hmm. and the other one positive. Yes. And if they meet meet at the wrong place at the wrong time, you have total chaos. <laughs> Which is like what happens in our lives when we're going, you know, I'd like to do oh no, 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 you can't do that because if you do that, you know, you know, all this gonna happen. Yeah, because and then you and so all this whereas if you isolate mm -hmm. the 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 one side, the negative side, and you isolate the positive and the, the the, 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 the positive is all the positive that we require is always exactly to the opposite of the negative that you're feeling. Right. So you don't, you don't have to look for the solution. It's there. Right. It comes together. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's you acknowledge that this feels horrible. What is it that I can do to not feel horrible? to feel fantastic. Well, got to stop telling that lie. 
mm. or or whatever, whatever you know, just to imagine the complete opposite, and in the process of imagining the opposite, you're actually begin to be on the road to utilizing the potency of the negative. Wow, that's a really interesting way of looking at that. That's is there another way of looking at uh, it? Well, you know, with your perspective, though, it, it sheds some light on it because some people will just concentrate on the negative and not, and not even Oh, yeah, think, I know, know. that. So, um, I know that. It's, yeah. a, it, it's a gift. And, you know, so far that, 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 that I see in my life that um, the, the negative thing is actually my interpretation of the circumstances. It's only mine. Right. When 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 I, I speak with my my two sons who had similar uh, an experience of one set of circumstances and they both have a totally different experience, and you know there's a there's a scenario of five people who see a, an accident and you ask you interview each one what what is it that they saw? It's five different stories you're getting. Right. Right. Yeah. And this is not a confusion, it is actually an, an, a manifestation of the wonderful difference that we have in the perception of being. Right, perception. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. And what's also cool is that uh, you, you can work to alter your perception, because if you know if you're doing... If you if your your tendency is to is to perceive things in a particular way, I mean the work can be yours to go. Okay, I, I've analyzed how I'm looking at these things generally, and it's not working for me. Um, let me change. Listen, man, I tell you what. In my first three years in New York, I had some experiences, and I thought, you know what? If I were back home, this sort of stuff wouldn't happen. Mm. I can't wait to get back home. Yeah. I mean, my, you know, I, no, no way that, ah, I just can't wait. I just can't wait. Th after three years, I could, I had enough money that I could actually fly back to Jamaica. Hey, bigger. Hey, Willard, how, how was it nice to see you, man? I said, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm home. I mean, I feel comfortable. Four days pass. Mm -hmm. Everybody start doing their normal thing. You know, I got to go here. I began to feel the same conflicting energetic experiences that I thought would never be experienced in my home. Right. Same thing that I would find over, and, I said, and then I be, I, then I had to say, wait, hold on a second, just <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It's not them. Mm -hmm. It's me. Yeah. It's me. That was a huge turning point of taking responsibility for my experiences. Yes. So when you ask me earlier, um, who is it or what is it? Or it's very hard to me to say because 
I had many inspirations. Okay. I mean, there was one guy, there was one guy who taught me a hell of a lot. And to this day, I don't even know if he realized it. I'd been having a tough time in the Juilliard. I was singing and I, I wanted to, to sing opera. I, I chose to sing opera because I thought at least I could sing it for a long time, you know, pop singing, you know, all that screaming, all that. And my type of voice doesn't really fit, fit the pop music of the time. So I, I don't think so. Yeah, classical music, I still get the same buzz um, from my connection with the song that I would get singing one of the Drifters songs or, okay. or, or, or whatever. I mm. still got that energetic calm lift, so why not? And one day, I was watching a performance, I think it was um, La Clemenza de Tito, uh, that the, the Juilliard was putting on, student production, and I wasn't a part of it, and I was watching the... the, the There's a guy singing, two guys singing on the stage, and I, I sat there and I thought, two white guys. And I thought, I can do it better than that. <laughs> I mean, that dramatic situation that is being depicted there, I don't get it. I, I can do it, but... I walked out of that theater <laughs> and I went to study. Mm. And I remember I did a, an, an, an audition. This is about 1970 now. I did an audition for summer, summer theater because one of my white buddies told me that he was going to go and audition, and um, it was for the Lake George Opera. Okay. No, no, it was for another one. I, I sang for them, and um, all my, my colleagues, I think there were three other guys, sang. They got jobs. I didn't. And uh, I remember I went back to the Juilliard, and I was sitting in the cafeteria talking to three or four of my uh, other black guys that were around from different, um, you know, um, persuasion of the music. And um, and I told them my experience and they very quickly, clearly told me that I shouldn't expect anything else because, you see, when you're black, um, it's all stacked against you, you see, will it? So, you, you know, you just got to... Um, and I listened to this and I don't remember agreeing with them. <laughs> and I got up from the table and I went, that day I remember distinctly, I went straight to the fourth floor. The fourth floor was all where the, all the practice rooms were, with all, each one having a pen. Right. And I found a room that was vacant and I started studying, trying to, trying to sing like how I could sing as best as I could sing. And I did that for about the next six months, almost every day, trying to find and discover. And then I applied for um, uh, an audition, didn't tell anybody. I did the audition, got the job. And um, when I would go back and I told them that I got this job, they want to know who got it for me. What did I have oh. to do to get it, you know? Um, and I said, no, I sang and the man gave me the job. Mm -hmm. 
And since that time, I've done maybe um, half a dozen auditions in my blooming life. They, they come looking for you. You don't have to go look for them. I still, I'm still not absolutely sure how it works, but I know that the belief mm-hmm. and the commitment to to what one is doing and to equip yourself as best you can. Yes. And if you have any negative experience, investigate mm-hmm. and find out what is the source of that and what can you do to alter it. Right, right. I have some some mentors who are who are always saying exactly what you're saying. You know, take take responsibility for your own thoughts and your actions, and also that yeah. you, know, you take yourself with you wherever you go. And so your experiences that you're having in one place is a you're going to have that experience anywhere you go. So if you need to change something, yeah. change, change yourself, <laughs> <laughs> change, change your attitude. Yes, 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 indeed. indeed. And 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 even even if you don't know how to change your attitude, decide that it is possible to have another experience. I'm tired of this one. I don't know how it's going to go, but I don't want this anymore. I want the opposite. It starts moving. Hmm. Is it Paolo Coelho? I think universe conspires to give us our desires. And uh, so, you know, yeah. once, you've, once you've changed what, what, you know, what, you, what you desire for your experience, then things start moving in that direction. Yeah. I mean, the, the one that... Um, Impressed, impressed itself upon me very clearly was Goethe, who said a, a, a similar thing. It was an English translation that I, I was reading, but um, he described it as uh, one of the most, um, uh, not destructive, but um, uh, interfering element in the journey of man's uh, discovery is um, one important aspect, the decision mm-hmm. to have a dream and then decide that the dream resonates with you, and then decide that, yes, I would like to fulfill this dream. Is the decision, that's the operative point. Yes. And then he says, all manners of, the, of providence begin to work in your favor to assist you to manifest that dream. Same, same, the yes. same thing you're saying. Same thing, yes. Yeah. yes. And then uh, towards the end of the thing, he says, Whatever you conceive of, whatever you can conceive of, begin it. Begin it now. And I think that's where the, 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 the Nike um, slogan comes from. Yeah, just, just do it. Just do it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So did you, yeah. did you have much experience with the Jamaican uh, classical music scene or, were you, or did you just leave kind of early and you didn't? really have a, um, well, I, I mean, apart from the, the competitions you were doing. Um, how well, yeah, I, I had some. Um, it was also interesting in the, in the, in the Jamaican music scene so because I joined the Amateur Operatic Society. Well, actually, I, d- I did a, a pantomime okay. once. Queenie's Daughter. Who, was, who wrote, that, who wrote that one? It was one of those things, you know, with, with Randy Williams. And, okay, and, okay. Um, and Louise Bennett put okay. together, and Marjorie Wiley, right. um, I think was it was in 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 contact with the music, or was Sid, Sid Talk Beckett? I don't know. You know, p- putting the music together with a, a little chamber orchestra, right? And I I had a, a part in it, and then after that, I I did um, gondoliers with the um, Amateur Operatic Society. Now this, also the Amateur Operatic Society was 
another one of these um, because it, it was made up mainly, mainly and largely of um, of English um, teachers, professors who you know sort of get together, and and some Americans were get together to make some music. Okay, and um, and uh, a, a couple uh, um, Jamaicans got in in there. Um, he was singing in the chorus, and I remember I got invited to participate in this thing. And uh, it was once more one of those things to to believe in in, in what you're doing, and and you get invitations. Okay. You know, if yeah. you if you if you grumbling sitting in a corner and thinking, oh, I want to do that, nobody's inviting. <laughs> Somehow you you have to um, ignite the desire that you have, um, start walking toward it in it. And you will be noticed, yes. not with any arrogance, but as a genuine search for development of your craft, your energy, your life, your yes. fulfillment. I think. Yes. Are, are there are there any any roles that you that you have done that you either didn't enjoy the experience or or after having accepted and gotten involved in the process, you decided I really didn't. I probably shouldn't have done this. No. Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> no, no, because um, I'm I'm uh, I'm thinking. Uh, I remember uh, I remember years ago I was doing Kearney Heinrich in um, oh dear, which one is it in Heinrich in which part of oh dear Heinrich. Um, mm. Anyway, um, <laughs> I thought it was too high for me. Okay. And I was struggling a bit. But then, as I thought it was too high for me, I figured that what is too high for me? <laughs> It doesn't hurt, but um, there's a way to sing it because other people of my voice type, my the timbre of my voice, um, did it, and so um, I had to learn. As I thought, it came to me as an opportunity to learn to not just touch. Because one of the problems with the piece was that it, it stayed. Um, at the time I found it stayed on a, a certain pitch for too long, and it can be tiring. Okay. And so I had to find a way to sing that and not be tanked. So that in its, its challenge was um, an important teacher. It mm -hmm. could have killed me, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, because it's right on the edge there sometimes that, you know, if you, yeah. if you push it too much, you, you're yeah. going to break it. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you twist, you fall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Um, I, I I didn't um, back out of that one. I I learned it, and I learned something from it. But um, not not to say that every other role has been easy. Um, I don't think I've come across any really easy roles. Mm. But um, even one of the most difficult things I've done, like the Groma Carb, the Gettys Groma Carb, 
which I found fiendishly difficult, mm. I had to find a way to fulfill my interpretation of it, to fulfill the part, to, to find a way to enjoy it. Because if I'm not enjoying it, I'm hurting myself. Okay. So I, if I'm there, I must either be enjoying it or I can leave. I think of this as, as a converging of, 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 of energies, you know. We, we walk in a certain path. And if we if we had turned left, we wouldn't meet the stuff that we, we would meet on the on the right hand side down that road. Mm. So why did we turn? Why why have we taken a certain path? Like for example, I, I never wanted to live in London, as I wanted to live in, in New York, and uh, mm. you know, um, but the universe had a different um, thing in my in mind for me. I, uh, I, I don't completely understand. I, I know the logistics and all that, why I'm living in Europe. In Europe, which I regard as a sort of cocoon, you know, um, there's so many things readily available. And a lot of people who grew up in Europe um, have expectations of how life should be. And sometimes I sit there and I say, you know, you guys should actually just go and spend six months in Jamaica or six months in, in somewhere where, I mean, I remember in, in Jamaica when I was a, a young boy and we had a telephone, you could, I could pick up the telephone and go and have a shower and call, waiting for a dial tone, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> the exchange... Um, wasn't so equipped to that, you know, instant dial tone. Right. And various other things that you learn to wait for. Right. Mm -hmm. In Jamaica. And I remember I was working in, in Amsterdam many years ago, and there was a, a young singers, um, a young artist group, and I was a guest artist, um, yeah, not, a, not one of the the studio singers, um, but I would sit and I would chat with them sometimes. And um, there'd be times somebody had to go to a coaching, ah, oh, I don't want to go, uh, no, it's too much. And, and they would always, they'd, they would have a salary, you know, they, they'd get paid for the, the, the um, privilege of being in this group. So they would be paid a certain amount of money. Mm. And sometimes they would get smaller roles and, and they'd get these extra coaching. And a lot of them was, oh, it's so boring because, you know, they have this steady money. Uh, mm -hmm. And I say, you know, you guys, you mm. have it so easy. You, you, you have no, um, your longing is so jaded by availability <laughs> of so many things. You're, too, you're, you're very rich and lucky. Mm. Oh, well, yeah, wow. <laughs> and actually, none of them are singing today, mm. or even had a career. Yeah, funny. Yeah, in a sense, sometimes because of that availability, readily, uh, you know, things you don't appreciate things, but you're you're not as grateful for certain things as well either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember at the Juilliard, um, some of my white colleagues would tell me, you know, well. <clears throat> I'm going to specialize in um, Baroque music because, you know, um, 
I, I like the I like Monteverdi and I like the uh, or whatever. Or I'm going to be a Mozartian singer. Or I'm yeah you know, I'm going to. And I I couldn't I felt I could not participate in any of that because first of all, I mean none of those things um, really have an open door for a black man okay. to mm -hmm. specialize in. Uh, at the time, I felt that. That was my perception. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It might have been a complete lie but um, that I told myself. But that was the atmosphere that I knew or felt was prevailing at the time. So I said, you know, I, can, I cannot afford the luxury of just singing only this. I will sing whatever I would be invited to sing, mm -hmm. provided it was suitable to my voice. Okay. Now, what's interesting to me, as far as I know, none of those specialists ever had a career. <laughs> yes. Because it's, it's like you close the door, you narrow your scope <laughs> before you even yes, <laughs> have yes. a scope. Yes, yes. It's funny that you said that, though, because I, 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 Peter Ashburn is a really good friend of mine. Um, and, and I've yeah. interviewed him a few times. And when he, he went to Berkeley as well, I think in the 70s, and uh, he was saying something similar about, about his not wanting to specialize in one thing or the other. Uh, and a lot yeah. of his friends were specializing. But in his not specializing, he, he was able to do so many things, and he's still able to do so many things. So, you know, there yeah. were always opportunities coming at him. And I mean, and I mm -hmm. feel the same way. I agree with that. Um, and even my my students that uh, that I teach because I'm I teach at Edna Manley now at the, the school, yeah. and the students that I have because sometimes they come in and they're they're kind of one track mind and they know they want to do reggae or they want to do gospel, and you know they're in their heads it's okay I'm gonna play for a reggae band but you know the the day that artist decides I've 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 toured enough and I don't want to tour anymore for the rest of the year you now with your family and your kids, what are you going to do? So, you know, you need yeah. to have these options available to you that you can take care of yourself. Because uh, for me, that mm -hmm. is what success in music it, it looks like. It looks because you're, when you're consistently able to take care of what you need to do, <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be that you're on the cover of, 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 um, of Billboard or whatever, you know, it, it yeah. you know, you're, you're making a living from, from your art, from your, from your skills. Yeah. yeah. What is it that you that you haven't done yet that you really want to do that you um that 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 you know you have your sights on something and and it could be anything I mean it it doesn't even have to be music it could be anything. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, you guys, all the people in interviews, always <laughs> ask that sort of thing. You've made it <laughs> wider than yeah yeah, yeah I mean. than anybody before, but you know. It's really strange um, that uh, <laughs> when I was answering those guys or not answering the ones who decided to be specialists, oh. <laughs> um, and I, I, I would do, you know, whatever is available. Um, it's the same feeling I, I have when people say to me, um, so how, how this corona virus thing, I mean, doesn't don't you feel depressed because you know you 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 can't you can't sing and um and I go um well I'm not the I'm not the happiest about it, but um 
you know, I feel that I've had a particular journey in my life. Had I looked at my life from a, a, a certain standpoint and decided how I would like my life to go, my life would have been extremely boring if it had followed <laughs> those <laughs> precepts of my dream. Right. So I, I have dedicated myself to one thing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really funny. I don't think it's funny. Um, <laughs> it's, it's curious. Yes. When, when there was a question of, um, or the doubt that I may even have a career, and even when I had my first job, mm -hmm. I dedicated myself to one thing, that I would sing mm -hmm. as beautifully as I could whenever I'm singing. Ah, okay. That if I would have the the strength and the clarity to just do that, then, as I did in that audition at the Juilliard, doors would open. It's almost lazy. I don't know if it's lazy. I, I don't know. But, you know, I've asked of roles that you'd, 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 you'd like to do that um, you know never, never been uh, done. Um, I stumble. And it, it's, it's one way, I think, or maybe uh, I... Um, well, I, I'm thinking of protecting myself. But um, it's also uh, allowing myself, I think, to the, the myriad of possibility. Mm. Because um, I remember um, a, a few years ago when a particular intendant was taking over um, uh, uh, a well-known theater, um, I had lunch with him and um, my wife was actually there. And um, he said, so, so Willard, um, now we're going to be doing this and this and this and this. Um, what would you like to do? And I mentioned one particular thing to him, and he said, yes, yes, um, that's nice, but, you know, mm, uh, oh, well, you know, these people here and the way they think of um, this and so on, maybe that wouldn't be such a good... So, you know, there's always that. <laughs> so... Um, you know, last year I was in Salzburg doing, um, very often I'm the father of somebody or or the king or whatever, or brother or, and my brother never looks like, or my daughters never really look like me. Right. And uh, so in, in this particular instance, I was um, the one, um, King, who had two daughters, and they were both white. And um, at a certain time, they were exiled because um, their their sort of belief pattern wasn't in con connection with um, in with the prevailing new um, energy. Mm -hmm. So they were being exiled as unclean ones. And um, it was a Henze piece, and uh, the chorus, which was supposed to sing at the time, go, unclean ones, go. Mm. 
this um, a few members of the chorus on this particular uh, rehearsal decided to sing go uncle ben's go oh right um and this is last year right i'm not uh -huh. talking about 1960 yeah. 67 or whatever now i i didn't actually hear it very clearly at the time on stage but one of my colleagues he's austrian said to me did you hear what they were saying i said no i said oh and then he told me and he said oh i said i, I didn't hear them actually but it's you know it's racist and I, mm -hmm. I i i know it exists i'm not going to let that bother me mm -hmm. so i'm leaving the theater to go home after after rehearsal and behind me I heard somebody singing, Go, Uncle Ben's Go. And I turned around, and there was this guy, and he immediately started speaking German, um, you know, uh, as if he, it wasn't him, but uh, there weren't um, any other men in the corridor at the time. And so I, said, I thought, oh, no. I couldn't very well attack him I, I, or, or whatever, or you know, challenge him. I thought, I felt, you know, weird. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they, the, the whole upshot is that I, I dealt with it um, as elegantly as I, I, I could in that uh, meeting was convened, because there are several responses that um, I felt I could have made, whether going to the newspapers or putting it on the internet or blah, blah, blah. I thought all of that was feeble, mm -hmm. you know, sort of like... Uh, another story mm -hmm. so I, t I spoke to the director about it encouraged by my wife and um, he said um, what do you want to do i said oh i'd like to actually speak to them and he said what mm -hmm. speak to them about what i said um well about music making about you know when you when you actually put on an opera production you and you chorus and you have solos and and so on, you actually create a, a community it's a little mm -hmm. you know entity and um and i said just like uh just like the process of making music and uh you have um, dissonances and you have white notes you have black notes and um you know half, half notes and semiquavers then semiquavers and you have rests and so on and the 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 accidentals and all that it's all together um, to to create art, and um, any dissonance in the music is usually resolved in the a community decision, a community, and you come to a presentation. Very often, um, thought provoking, beautiful, um, and inspiring. Um, and I said, "This is this is what um, this." This our artistic pursuit, our creative journey is about. But if there is one element, for example, in this community, that actually manifests a be behavior that that uh, an aspect of it is inadequate or or redundant or they didn't want it or they didn't like it, um, it actually poisons the the energy of the community. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying this in order that you, 
whoever did it, and I said, I know, I remember the face of the one who was behind me, and I could point him out, which the, the director of the festival said, well, if you point him out, we'll fire him. And I said, I said no, no, that's not, I'm, that's not the, what I actually want. I want to, an awareness to be, to be brought of the effect of what um, something like that does, that it's counterproductive to a wholesomeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that's not actually what we want. If that's what we want, then uh, then we are in the wrong place. Right, right. So um, it was well, well received and... Uh, uh, in actual fact, a few days later, oh, there was a lot of opposition from some leaders of because, because it was um, uh, it was a choir from uh, uh, from Vienna. Okay, and uh, and they were the the leaders were saying it's impossible. No, not one of our our um, artists would do such a thing. But three days later, approximately, these same people who were protesting came to my dressing room with the culprit. Who actually decided to confess? Okay, okay. And um, he came bearing an apology um, and saying that that. And they asked me, "What did I want to do?" I said, "I don't want to do anything." You know, it's um, if he apologizes, um, it's interesting. Um, I could have said, you know, that he should stand up in front of the whole company, and uh, but I didn't want to make a big performance. Right. Okay. So. Um, that was how that was dealt with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the reason I'm, 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 I'm saying this, I don't even know if there's a reason, um, it, it came up, yeah. uh, that, that I'm, I'm walking a path and, and this sort of stuff, oh yeah, the reason is that um, sometimes if I decide to, to, that I want to do a particular popular role mm-hmm. in opera, because I, I, I was told I'm quite violently once in Munich that um, I have no right to be singing um, any other role apart from Porgy and, and Porgy and Bess. <laughs> you know, that's that yes. sort of thing. Yes. So in, in, a, in a way, um, as I mentioned, maybe to protect myself, I, I, um, I choose to be available and if they're courageous, like when when, when um, Simon Rattle and the X um, Festival asked me to do Votan in the Ring, for example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I know that um, uh, there are many factions um, who would resent the the role Votan be interpreted by a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first time I I explored it. Um, uh, in, in Scotland, there were demonstrations um, in front of the theatre every night. <laughs> um, you know, with people holding up placards, is Votan black and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, I allow myself to be free to sing whatever they're courageously enough to invite me. And, and so I've had a, a full schedule of um, performances for many years. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Universe provides. <laughs> yeah. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. 
So, so therefore, you see, this is a long roundabout answer to your question. Um, I think that my journey has been the universe providing because I, I have served a particular energy and intent and so on. And I don't see why it shouldn't go on like that. Absolutely right. Of course, I think it's also important to have a dream, a particular dream. But um, I also noticed that when, when I have a dream or anyone has a dream, it is the, toward the end of feeling good. Yes, yes. Everything we look for is the, yeah. <laughs> yes. So I start there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With the air. With the air. And so okay. open the yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, and, and so yeah. open the door for um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't have anything to complain about. Great, great, great. But I mean, I, I think uh, there, uh, I, actually uh, to come uh, the the thing that I might complain about is the ones who complain. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of like fuel. That's kind of like fuel to your fire, anyway. I mean, <laughs> sometimes it's, it's like you know the, the the energy, the energy of of um, of kind of putting it in their face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, yeah. Um, I I told them, that, you know, because singers are, are you know are people. So busy complaining a lot of the time, and I I figure that um, if somebody comes complaining to me, I feel defensive immediately mm. because uh, it's up, maybe I've done something wrong, or maybe they've misunderstood or or whatever. So instead of complaining, I say you know devise a question to ask um, if what you interpret as is going on is actually correct or. Um, and if it's correct, then what's the reason behind it? Mm -hmm. And usually a satisfactory conclusion can be reached. Um, instead of somebody being, you know, why, why are you doing that? That is really rubbish. And you ask. <laughs> and you, you, get a, you get another result. Right. I, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, re I reduce complaining. <laughs> great, great. Uh, so, Sir Willard, I, I think we're going to wrap this up. I mean, it, it wasn't as, you, you know, you, you had originally said, you know, I'll, I'll do this quite succinctly, but um, I'm so glad you didn't. Uh, because, the, I mean, there's so many life lessons in that. That was succinct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe we need to meet again because the, 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 the stories started coming out toward the end. Uh, but, but yeah. thank, you. thank you so much. I'm sure that the things that you shared, um, there's going to be some people who will listen to this and will make a, a great impression on their lives and, and their journey. Because I, especially with maybe. my students, I'm sure, I'm sure. I, I, there's no maybe about this because I, I, I know it. And uh, I, I really appreciate you taking this time uh, to talk with me for us to have this discussion. Um, I really enjoyed this <laughs> completely. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, enjoyed talking to you too and meeting you. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, may you continue on a good path. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank All right. You. Enjoy the rest of the evening. Thank you.